Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your new host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, where the governor and Republican legislators are gearing up to steal a page out of the Texas playbook when it comes to abortion. Well, we've been able to do pro-life legislation. I'm pro-life. I welcome pro-life legislation. Republican State Representative Anthony Sabatini says there's no question Florida will mimic Texas as he's already working to file a heartbeat bill himself. I think it's important that we save the lives of unborn children. We've had a genocide in this country over the last 50 years. Meanwhile, a chorus of women leaders are fighting back. Democratic State Representative Anna Escamani. It's an offensive and dangerous piece of legislation that targets every person in Texas, but especially those who are most vulnerable. Florida on Monday reported 46,105 more COVID-19 cases and 1,064 additional deaths to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Governor Ron DeSantis continues his statewide campaign for monoclonal antibody treatments. It became apparent to us that too often the message was to people, hey, if you get COVID, just go home and hope you don't get deathly ill. Uh, and our view here is, is, is that's got to be, those days are over. Uh, if you are somebody particularly in a high-risk category who contracts COVID, you have an opportunity uh, to get early treatment with uh, monoclonal antibodies, which have proven to be very effective. In non-COVID news, Florida groups rally to help resettle Afghan refugees. People are worried that the refugees that are coming from Afghanistan are a security threat. They're concerned that um, the, the term parolee, by the way, sounds like someone who's been released from, from jail or from prison. And that is, that is the farthest from the truth. Today on the Sunrise interview, we talk with Matt Schmidt, Associate Director of Catholic Charities Jacksonville, who's preparing to handle a surge of over 150 Afghan refugees to the region. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the stories of Texas-style abortion laws being cooked up here in the Sunshine State, and two Florida men's stories with guns. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, September 7th. Today is Telephone Tuesday. Who knew of such a thing? Well, this came about after people noticed a clear spike of telephone calls to businesses and organizations. But this phenomenon isn't reserved just for this day. Anytime you notice an unusual influx of calls or voicemails, say, gee, I'm experiencing Telephone Tuesday. President Jimmy Carter and Panamanian Chief of Government Omar Torrios signed the Panama Canal Treaty and Neutrality Treaty on September 7, 1977. Today is Brazil's Independence Day. It's also the Jewish holiday Rosh Hashanah. In Israel, it's the only holiday that lasts for two days as it's considered too important to be observed only for 24 hours. 
Florida on Monday reported 46,105 more COVID-19 cases and 1,064 additional deaths to the CDC according to Miami Herald calculations. Meanwhile, as the state fights against mask mandates, which helps prevent the spread of COVID, Governor DeSantis went into the Labor Day weekend touting monoclonal antibody treatments for coronavirus patients. But who wants to spend time in the hospital? You don't have to. You can get an early treatment and help, help those symptoms resolve short of needing that type of care, uh, that's much better for you than having to go there. It's also better for our health system. The governor said it's important to hear from the success stories. Former President Donald Trump received Regeneron's monoclonal antibody treatment when he contracted coronavirus last fall. And DeSantis wants people to hear about others, like Angela Moore's case. I contracted COVID on a Saturday evening two weeks ago, and by Tuesday, I couldn't stand, and I had a fever of 99 to almost 103. I spent two days and finally got the COVID test two days after that. Um, three days later, I was able to get the monoclonal infusion, and I went in there with a fever, and I came out, and I didn't have any more symptoms except for fatigue from that time forward. Great. Well, thanks. When it comes to the business community calling for their ability to fight off COVID-19, DeSantis stood firm against any move to create vaccine passports in Florida. And my view is uh, we got to protect people's ability uh, to, to, to live their lives. I don't want uh, a biomedical security state in which you're constantly having to do this just to be able to live everyday life. In the news around the rotunda, House Speaker Chris Sprouse, who announced some shakeups among committee chairs last week, also made some switches to vice chairs and committee memberships. On tap to be vice chair of the Pandemic and Public Emergencies Committee is Representative Mike Caruso. He'll be number two to future House Speaker Danny Perez, who was named chair of that committee and the Public Integrity and Elections Committee. Representative David Smith will be the vice chair on the latter. Five appropriation subcommittees are getting new vice chairs. To find out who and where, visit floridapolitics.com. Governor Ron DeSantis said he is going to consider following in the steps of Texas Governor Greg Abbott to implement anti-abortion laws. Abbott's new controversial law prohibits abortions when the fetal heartbeat can be detected. The law allows private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman obtain an abortion, including those who give a woman a ride to a clinic or provide financial assistance to obtain an abortion. Private citizens who bring these suits don't need to show any connection to those they are suing. The law makes no exceptions for cases involving rape or incest. Here's what DeSantis had to say. I welcome pro-life legislation. What they did in Texas was interesting, and I haven't really been able to look at enough about it. They've basically done this through private right of action. Um, and so it's a little bit different than how a lot of these debates have gone. Uh, so, so we'll have to look. I'm going to look uh, more significantly at it. With the U.S. Supreme Court mum, the Texas law sent shockwaves to pro-choice advocates across the country who argue that six weeks of pregnancy is well before many women even know they are pregnant. Regardless, Republican State Representative Anthony Sabatini, speaking to West 2 News, says he thinks Florida should do the same. I think it's important that we save the lives of unborn children. We've had a genocide in this country over the last 50 years. 
Sabatini says he's all ready to bring a similar bill before the 2022 legislative session. It's time to end that horrible practice and get away from that and pass what we call the heartbeat bill here in Florida. Meanwhile, Senate President Wilton Simpson tells Eight on Your Side's Evan Donovan that he's not in favor of neighbors telling on each other, but he wants to take a look at the Texas law to see what more can be done here in Florida. We every year raise our right hands and swear to uphold the Constitution of this country. The, it, I believe that the Supreme Court decision just altered um, what we believed was constitutional or not. Democrats are preparing for battle on this issue and leading the charge against the push to ban abortions are women. Here's State Senator Annette Tadeo, Representative Anna Escamani, who used to work for Planned Parenthood, and Florida Act Commissioner Nikki Freed, who responded to the Texas law via her campaign for governor. What in essence they have created is a rapist bill of rights where a rapist has more rights than the person who has been abused. We have fought back against these restrictions and bans before we will keep fighting. What just happened in Texas is so messed up. It's not just an attack on women in Texas. It's an attack on every daughter, sister, and mother in this country. Let me be clear, no man legislature, court, or radical can tell me or any other woman what health care we can or cannot have. Next up, a Sunrise interview with Matt Schmidt, Associate Director of Catholic Charities Jacksonville. Organizations around Florida are preparing to help resettle hundreds of Afghan refugees over the next several months. While there are ongoing calls for volunteers and financial support, one group says a good way to help is to become better informed about the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan and to lead with compassion instead of fear. Here's my conversation with Matt Schmidt over at Catholic Charities Jacksonville. Jamel, uh, from, from talking with lots of people, and I, I personally receive voicemails and phone calls, and I, I return all the voicemails that come into my phone. Uh, but there, there's, there's, there is some misinformation out there. There's some, some uh, misunderstanding and some, some mystery out there. Um, people are worried that the refugees that are coming from Afghanistan um, are a security threat. They're concerned that um the the term parolee by the way it sounds like someone who's been released from from jail or from prison and that is that is the farthest from the truth uh first of all the the, the term parolee is a is a term that the federal government uses when categorizing different um subcategories of a refugee so a refugee could include a a, a special immigrant visa it could include a parolee it could include a, an asylee so these are all just subcategories of, of, of the broader category of refugee, none of which come out of prison or uh, from, you know, from are being released from prison into the community. That's not the case at all. What's the situation on the ground there in Jacksonville? Where are you in this process? So we are continuing our planning and preparation for the arrivals. Uh, we have not received any arrivals yet from what I would call the surge. I would say the one family that is related, uh, we received about, um, I want to say, uh, uh, seven to 10 days ago. Um, they were one of the families that was actually on, you know, that crowded airplane that everyone saw the picture, you know, that, that picture that went viral. Um, uh, that's the situation that they were in coming over. So pretty scary, pretty tenuous, um, pretty, uh, you know, uh, edgy, if you if you can imagine. Um, so that's the only family we've, we've received kind of in advance of this surge. Uh, but we are preparing to receive up to 200 additional uh, refugees from this, what we're calling the surge, um, 
in addition to the 150 refugees that we had already planned to receive in the course of the coming fiscal year, which starts one October. How do you prepare for something like this? What's the process that goes into receiving and helping these families, individuals, resettle? Could you help describe that for us? Uh, One thing that we don't know, Tramiel, one thing we don't know is how soon they're going to start arriving, nor the, the actual flow. We don't have any control or knowledge yet on how many to expect in that first week or two, that first month. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a, uh, an initial spike or if it's going to be somewhat of a, of a steady stream. We don't have that information yet, but we, we are preparing to receive on the former, which is you know, a, a, an initial spike, a, a bulk at the front, uh, and then again, continuing to, to provide services. Once we receive a family that requires resettlement services, uh, the process for each family will take up to 90 days. That's uh, um, part of our standard program. Uh, it's called reception and placement. And uh, uh, in addition to setting them up for their first apartment, we also um, prepare to help them get, you know, enculturated, help them get settled, help them get the lay of the land. Um, um, our normal program helps them with employment services as well. Uh, we are still waiting on an answer for how that's going to look for the APS program. Nonetheless, we also help them with getting registered for um, routine benefits. We help them get their, their children registered for school. Um, and, you know, we're, we're helping them become, become local um, self-sufficient participants in our, in our local community. That's the goal. How can people help, knowing that sometimes, just as you're managing an influx, um, sometimes the timing is off, maybe you get too much help at the front end and you may not be quite ready for the assistance. Um, So how can people, what are the different options people can step in and help out if they feel so inclined? Yeah, and and we've we've had to so far ask some people to stand by, but um, for example, if, uh, you know, our our website, our Facebook page, those are two perfect uh, um, areas to find out ways that people can get involved and help. Uh, we have received already an outpouring of, of local support. It's just unbelievable. Uh, but it is necessary. We, we are asking the community to help and get involved uh, because without their assistance, you know, this would be a very, very tough mission to, uh, to try to handle on our own. Uh, ways that they can get involved, they can um, go on our, our website, ccbjax.org, and they can um, find how they can volunteer and they can reach our point of contact and our our volunteer coordinator is going to take their information and put them on the list and then as we have need for those volunteers whether it be receiving donations helping to set up apartments helping to deliver some of these core services uh, we'll we'll have that larger volunteer base that we can reach out to and and uh, and and those those individuals will be able to help us um, in this mission uh, other ways, our Facebook page has a link to our Amazon wish list, and you talk about easy way to help. It's still simple. Uh, they can they can find that Amazon wish list on our on our Facebook page. They can just a couple clicks of the mouse see what kind of items that these families are going to need, and if they order those, they're going to be shipped directly to us. And we're taking those. We've already been receiving those items. Uh, we're taking those and 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 staging those so that when we are ready to populate those, those first apartments, we're going to have a, an efficient uh, process ready to go. All right, Matt Schmidt with Catholic Charities of Jacksonville. Thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that I didn't ask? I, I would ask that, that people continue to try to educate themselves. There's more information on our website. 
we work directly with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, who works directly with the Department of State uh, Office of Refugee Resettlement. And on those websites, they can just Google, you know, do a search on Office of Refugee Resettlement, Department of State, or USCCB. And there's there's tons of information about what's going on in this uh, humanitarian crisis and, and how we're handling it. Uh, so there's lots of information. I ask people to 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 get informed, get become educated. It helps clear up the the doubt and the concerns. And then after that, um, feel free to to get involved. You know, we're we're, we're doing uh, humanitarian work. Um, you know, if you were in a situation, wouldn't you like to have someone reach out? You know, it's um, help a help a brother out. That's what I've been saying lately. Help a brother out. Here's your calendar of events. The Florida Supreme Court is closed for Rosh Hashanah. In preparation for the 2022 legislative session, we have several delegation meetings at various times in their respective regions today, including Baker, Columbia, and the Suwannee County legislative delegations. U.S. Senator Marco Rubio and U.S. Representative John Rutherford are scheduled to appear at a news conference at a Jacksonville fire rescue station at 1.30 to tout legislation that would provide assistance to first responders and teachers making their first home purchases. The Florida Council on the Social Status of Black Men and Boys will hold an online meeting at 2. The Visit Florida Finance Committee is set to meet at 4 to review the 2020-2021 year-end financial statements in advance of Wednesday's Board of Directors meeting. On the campaign trail, Charlie Chris, candidate for governor of Florida, is taking a tour of Midas vaccine site and having a meet and greet with Ron Katz in Palm Beach at 3. He's also planning to visit the Hispanic Community Center and vaccine site in Lake Worth at 5. Be sure to share your calendar of events in advance, and this is a direct call to the governor's office where we would all love to see a schedule at least a minute. Just kidding. But no, really, advance notice helps a great deal for us to publicize and notice all that's going on around Florida. A former Marine sharpshooter who fatally shot a mother, her three-month-old baby, and two others outside of Lakeland Sunday told authorities he was high on meth when he invaded the family's home. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd said 33-year-old Brian Riley, who served in both Iraq and Afghanistan, appeared to be suffering from mental health issues. Judd said Riley's girlfriend told investigator he had post-traumatic stress syndrome and had been unraveling for weeks, claiming he could communicate directly with God. Riley, who lives in Tampa, first showed up at the slain family's home in Lakeland on Saturday as 40-year-old Justice Gleason was mowing his lawn. According to reports, Riley said God sent him there to prevent a suicide. The family called law enforcement. Authorities responded, but Riley was gone. Hours later, he returned and killed the family. Somewhat unrelated, another Florida man shot at several people before a six-hour rooftop standoff with sheriff's deputies in Dunedin. Miraculously, no one was injured in the shooting except for the gunman himself, 18-year-old Miles Abbott, managed to shoot himself in the thigh during the incident. He climbed onto a nearby roof and pointed a gun at deputies who were trying to arrest him. Eventually, deputies shot him down with rounds of beanbags to force him off the roof. Two other teens, one 18 and 16, were also arrested during the incident with charges including grand theft of a firearm. 
And finally today, I am honored to step in as host here on Sunrise and would like to congratulate my friend and fellow radio brethren, Rick Flagg, for 43 years of service covering the state capitol. I wish him all the best and a happy retirement. Now, as we look ahead, there will be no filling of Rick's shoes. Rick Flagg remains Rick Flagg, a legend in his own right. Plus, I guess we don't even wear the same shoe size. But we do have the common goal of holding the folks in Tallahassee accountable. And I'd like to invite all of those who walk the halls of power in Florida politics to find time to sit down for a chat with me right here on Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.